Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, who may just be the greatest Christian to have walked the earth besides Jesus Christ himself, is giving some advice, some wisdom to young Timothy and the ministry that he is going to have, and already has at this point. And one of those things he says is in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 22, Paul is of course telling him, lay hands suddenly on no man. Neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Paul had so much to tell Timothy and about his ministry and advice and bits of wisdom. I mean, here we are already in chapter 5 of the first book he's going to write to Timothy and loves this young man, loves what he's able to, um, has been able to do in the ministry up to this point, giving him this advice, but does make sure to include this note, three words, keep thyself pure. Have you ever noticed in the news and the media the impurity of a ministry? A once man of God who was a stellar testimony, was a good man of God, a preacher you could look up to, who sadly his ministry collapsed, his testimony collapsed, Everything about him went down because of impurity in the ministry. Now, look, this is something that mm, I want to be very careful as I talk about, because here's the deal. Not every pastor is impure, and not every pastor is going to hurt people, and not every pastor is going to destroy his testimony. Truth be told, truth be told, Compared to all the pastors we have, the amount of ones who end their ministry in impurity is actually a small percentage of those groups. So I want to be very clear. I'm not saying every pastor in his ministry ends in impurity and that just broad-brushing a label across the across our movement, but sadly there have been men of God who have lost their ministry who are frankly sitting in jail today because of impurity. And that's why Paul would take time to warn Timothy, keep thyself pure. There's an issue of purity. 
there are, in today's world, there are uh, podcasts who choose to, um, the only thing they talk about is impurity and accusations within the IFB, the Independent Fundamental Baptist world. And uh, what a waste of time. If you've got nothing better than to spend all your time talking about, I really think you're wasting your time. And uh, some people won't like me saying that, but I'm going to say it anyway. And uh, some of the stuff they say is true, because there are some pastors who have gone into impurity. And then, frankly, there's a lot of lies, mainly lies. And uh, but frankly, there's a lot of lies they try and spread to try and smear pastors. But this issue of purity in ministry is so important. It's so vital. It's so, well, as the Bible says, needed. Purity. Keep thyself pure. There was a pastor, evangelist, church planner that I knew who passed away, I think it was a year, year and a half ago now, and he used to say, you know, accusations will come. If you're a pastor, if you're in the ministry, accusations will come, and he would finish up by saying this, just make sure they are not true. Can I just give a word real quick while we're on the subject of purity and ministry? Can I just tell you this church member? Can I just tell you this pastor? Can I just tell you this youth director? Can I just tell you Facebook gossip? Can I tell you this? Not every accusation is true. There's this great little law that America was established with called innocent until proven guilty. Why is it that we allow, as church members, one accusation to come up about another pastor, and we say, oh my goodness, uh, he fell into sin. Let's make sure that the accusation is proven to be true. Let's make sure it's true. And by the way, can I just put this out there? Pastors and youth directors and gossips, you have no right to go to another pastor and say, did you hear about so-and-so? He, you know, And all you have is an accusation that's nothing more than gossip. Now, different subject if we're talking about something that's proven to be true, they plead guilty and all that. That's a completely different subject. But accusations are running wild. Let's give our pastors a chance to prove they're not true. But this subject of purity in ministry is so vital because if your eyes are open, you've seen the accusations that have come against pastors and men of God. You've seen the men of God who have fallen and failed because of purity issues in their ministry. You've seen people leave the ministry because of purity issues. You've seen people lose their testimony because of purity issues. This is a big deal. And today we're going to talk about keeping your purity in the ministry. Men, how to keep your purity in the ministry. Let's make sure that if an accusation does come, because you know what, you're in the ministry long enough, an accusation will come. Accusations come. I've been accused of things before, not on the purity level, definitely not yet. Uh, Not on the purity level for sure. But I've been accused of propping up the pastor and being just a yes man and things that weren't necessarily true. Accusations will come. Let's make sure they're not true. So how can I keep my purity as a pastor, youth director, assistant to the pastor? How can I keep my purity as a man in 
ministry. That's our subject for today. And of course, thank you for listening to this podcast, Sandy Creek Stirrings, a podcast where our goal is to stir you up for the cause of Christ. So we encourage you to keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ here on this podcast. If you haven't, visit our website, sandycreekstirrings.com. You can find out about where that name comes from. You can find out about over 200 episodes that we now have out, and all of them um, very close to a lot of them over half an hour in length on a multiplicity of subjects, and so we'd love love to have you check us out. You can also leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, and that just enables listeners to find the same content that hopefully you have been able to enjoy. So let's talk about keeping your I can't even pronounce it keeping your purity in the ministry, keeping your purity in the ministry. Going to go through some practical things today I would encourage you to put in your ministry. Let's run through these. Number one, get an accountability software on your phone, tablet, and computer. Get an accountability software on your phone, tablet, and computer. There's a few reasons why. Number one, um, it's going to keep you pure currently, right? Because you're not going to look up things you shouldn't if your wife is going to get ding, ding, ding. She's going to get messages and notifications that, oh, your husband just looked up something he shouldn't have. So you're not going to do that on your phone. And uh, so it keeps you pure. If you're someone who maybe in the past you've struggled with pornography, right? If you've struggled in the past with that, that's a great thing to put on your phone to make sure that when Satan tempts you because he will, that you stay clean, you stay pure. And so put an accountability software on your phone. A lot of different accountability softwares. I know a lot of pastors who use Covenant Eyes, and um, I personally use Accountable to You, and they have different cost plans and things that they do. And I actually, something I'm thinking about, I want to do a test of several different accountability software programs and tell you which one I preferred out of the bunch uh, by price, by what they actually do, and by what they cover. So um, we'll take a look at that in the future. But get an accountability software on every single technology device you have, on your phone, on your laptop, if you're luxurious and you have a tablet, um, then get one on your tablet. But you can install these on your phone. Now, Accountable to You is a little bit limited when it comes to iPhone. I have an Android, and uh, but it's a little bit limited there. Can still do some things. They're slowly improving that area. I think Covenant Eyes does everything as well when it comes to iPhone. So that's just going to keep you clean. Now, I said it covers you in two ways. One, it covers you currently. Two it covers you in the future. You say, how's that? A year from now, uh, let's just get frank, right? Because this is what happens. A year from now, a young lady stands up in the church and says, hey, the preacher did something inappropriate with me. He texted me. He used to text me late at night. You say, really? Because I have here all my records for all my text messages. I would like you to find it because I can't delete these records. Right? You just saved yourself in the future. Okay, so that's a great way to keep some purity in the ministry is to have an accountability software and tracker on your devices to make sure you're not staying pure just currently, but it's going to cover you in the future as well because you can go back and look at exactly what you were doing and what was happening on your devices however long ago. All right, so next, be careful when watching TV alone. Be careful when watching TV alone. There are things that you will watch in a hotel room alone when nobody's there that you wouldn't watch if uh, a brother in Christ was there or your wife was there or your kids were there. You wouldn't watch it 
because it would not be right. And by the way, just because nobody's there does not make it right. But Satan is good at tempting men, and he's good at tempting them when they are alone. You want to keep safe, it's best to typically stick in a group. You can't always do that, right? There's times you got to travel and things of that sort. But it's be very careful when you're watching TV, especially if you're watching it alone. I remember when I was at Golden State Baptist College, Pastor Treber, I don't know if he still does this at the time, I remember him telling us this story that when he's in the hotel room, he would take a towel and he would put it over the TV because he would not watch anything on the TV if his wife was not there because he did not want to be tempted. You say, well, that's kind of silly. Really? So you're just flipping through channels and all of a sudden something pops up? That's called Satan's temptation, right? He wants you to take more than just that first glance where you look away. He wants you to take more of a look. And he's got you because he's tempted you. There's nobody to keep you accountable. It can be very dangerous. And that's what he did. I'm not saying that's what you have to do. I'm not saying you have to mimic that. I'm saying, but be careful. Have some standards and some things in place, some contracts with self saying, you know, here's what, here's self, here's what we're going to do if we're alone. Maybe if you've got an issue, you say, you know what, I'm just not going to watch TV when I'm alone. I'm at home alone. I'm in a hotel room alone. I'm just not going to watch TV. I can study. I can read the Bible. I can lesson plan. I can call my wife. I can do whatever. I can take a nap, right? There you go. And I can do all those things. I'm not going to watch the TV alone. Maybe that's a decision you need to make. I'm not sure, but you need to be wise. If Satan is hitting you in that area of temptation, it will only be so long because that TV could be the open door to something worse in the future. Look, any pastor sitting in prison today who lost the the purity of his ministry didn't start just bang, and there it was. All right, there's the big deal. No, it started off small. There was open doors. Maybe it was the TV. Maybe it was the computer. Maybe it was doing some things he shouldn't have been doing. There's always stepping stones. And maybe... If you're not careful, the TV could be that for you. So put some things in place when you're at, when you're at home alone or in the hotel room alone. Be careful watching TV alone because the devil is so good at temptation. Next, don't text ladies alone. Yeah. Don't text ladies alone. You say, I'm in, a, I'm in a ministry. You know, I've got to send out text. They're encouragement. You know, I'm encouraging people. I'm encouraging the ladies of our church. And by the way, the pastor isn't just the pastor of the men. He's the pastor of the ladies as well. So I'm not saying don't fulfill your pastoral responsibilities and encouraging the ladies and encouraging the men. I firmly believe that's why the Bible says, you know, that a pastor should be the husband of one wife. His wife is going to help him in encouraging the ladies, right? But I think it's very important if you want to set a standard in a line and say, this is what I will not cross, maybe texting ladies alone is what's right for you. Here's what I personally do. If I ever need to text a lady, maybe there's a ministry event or something coming up, maybe a lady's going to make brownies, and I've got to check in with her. You know, she's supplying the brownies, got to make sure they're there. You know, maybe I'm going to check in with her and say, hey, I just want to double check. You're bringing the brownies tonight. Here's what I do. I get on my phone. I create a group message with that lady and my wife, and I send it. That's how I handle it. Every single text I send to a lady in our church has my wife in that conversation. You say, well, wait a second. 
What if that lady with a brownies messages you first and she doesn't include your wife in the group message? Great thought. Here's what I do. I don't respond to her message. I create a group message to that lady with my wife and send it back to her in a different text message group conversation, whatever you want to call it. You say, isn't that going a little far? Is anything too far to keep your purity? Is any measure too great to keep your purity? I don't personally think it is. I'll do anything that gets me a step closer to keeping my purity. That's how important it is to me. I want to do, as Timothy was instructed, keep thyself pure. To me, it's worth it. It's worth the effort. Yes, it's a little extra effort, but who cares? It makes my wife happy too, right? All right. Uh, How many of you, if you don't do that now, would probably agree, you know, that would probably make my wife happy if I did that. That's great. Other times, you know, other times I'll have my wife text the lady. You know, there's certain times where I need to send the text, but there's a lot of times I'll have my wife, hey, can you check with Miss So-and-so, make sure she's bringing the brownies tonight. I, I have that as well. You know, there's a couple options, but I think it's very wise to not text the ladies alone because here's what's going to happen. Establish that in your ministry now, right, and create a pattern so over the next 10 years, everybody knows, hey, Brother Smith, Brother John, Brother Joseph— why do I pick all names with J except for Smith? I don't know. And uh, But, you know, this guy, he doesn't text ladies alone. So an accusation comes up, well, hey, the youth director texted me inappropriately. Really? Because he has a 10-year track record. Everybody knows he doesn't text ladies alone. You really think he would break that? That's something else to put on your record and to keep you pure. So don't text ladies alone. An established pattern can help to solidify your testimony. An established pattern is great. All right, next, don't email ladies alone. All right, so we're continuing right down that thought. If you're not going to text ladies alone, well, let's go a step further. Don't email ladies alone. Right? Create that pattern. You say, well, how do you do that? You can't just, you know, do you forward the email to your wife as well? No, that's not what I do. What I do is, is I personally have my wife, if I'm home or she's close by where uh, where I work, then she... um. I'll have her come in, and she can type out the email for me. I'll dictate it to her. She will type it out. Or I will have her review the email before I send it. At the bottom of every single email, all right, so you've got my in his service. This is the way I sign out my emails. In his service, for your service, Joshua Jimenez, assistant to the pastor, Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. I give my phone number. No, I'm not giving it to you online. I give my phone number, and then... I do um, enter, enter, you know, creating some space, and my wife's initials are down at the bottom of the email, T-G. You say, what's that mean? Well, in the business, in the professional world, if you get an email like that and you're a corporate or you're a company and you get an email like that from another company, it means that the secretary typed out that email. That's what it means in the business world. And what that does is, is for me, it shows that my wife has seen and approved this email. You say, that's going too far. I go back to, is there any step too far? And you say, well, you know, that that's going to take some time. Take the time. It's worth it. And, and maybe you disagree with me. That's fine. And you can disagree with me. You don't have to do these, right? You're choosing to listen in, so I'm just giving you some advice on keeping your ministry pure. Next, don't counsel ladies alone. This is a big one. I think everybody would agree with me on this one. Pastors who have been in the ministry for quite some time, do not counsel ladies alone. You've got a lady preacher, I want to meet with you, can I come up to your office? No, you can't. 
Um, I don't counsel ladies alone. Um, Let me set up a time with my wife, and then you can come when my wife and I are in the office together. If there is a lady who comes up to you at the end of a service, hey, can can we go talk in your office for a few minutes? Sure. And I wave down my wife. Hey, sweetheart, can you come here with me for a few minutes? We need to go talk. Never, ever counsel ladies alone. You say, why? Because what happens behind the closed door is now your word versus her word. And who do you think the society is going to side with? Ding, ding, her word. So yes, do not counsel ladies alone. Put it in practice. Be adamant. Even if it's after, right after the service, get your wife to come alongside you and to be there. Do not counsel ladies alone. And can I just put this out there? I, I feel bad to a degree, like I'm almost slandering all women, and I'm definitely not, right? There are ladies who they mean no ill will, nothing like that has ever crossed their mind. You know, they're, they're just literally want to counsel. They're just reaching out to text you and, and to encourage you as their pastor or whatever. They're emailing you some things about business, right? Those are important things. I get it. I completely understand. And that's fine. Not every lady is out there to do this. But ladies, in response, you need to be understanding when a pastor or somebody in ministry goes the step further to take care of their purity, not only does it protect them, but it protects you, right? These are steps they're taking not only to protect their purity, but to, t- to protect the purity of every single lady in that church. This isn't just a decision about you. This is a decision that affects everybody in the congregation. It affects the church's testimony. And I can show you story after story after story after story where this subject, if it goes wrong, can affect the entire testimony of the church in the community, and that church could shut down because of an instance of impurity. So don't get me wrong, I'm not slandering women in any way, shape, or form or saying, you know, you got to be careful of those ladies. And I'm not saying that at all. You may never have a member lady um, who would accuse you of anything. You may never have somebody like that in all your years of ministry. Praise the Lord for that. But you need to have set up and very secure standards and procedures that have been there to make sure you protect your purity and the purity of everybody else in the room. Uh, next, don't work in ministry alone with a lady. Right, unless they're your spouse, right? If you're working alongside with your wife, sure, great, that's wonderful. But if you're going to work a bus route, don't be the bus driver and there's one lady worker. No, don't do that. Don't don't work junior church and it's just you and some other lady. Don't run a Sunday school class, it's just you and some other lady. Here's a big one. Don't be at the church alone because you're running a ministry with just the secretary there if it's a female secretary. Right? You say, well, you know, that's going to be really difficult. You know, I'm the pastor. We don't have any other people on staff. We have a lady secretary. You're right. That's going to be difficult to figure it out. Figure out a way, though. Because what happens if, well, hey, preacher and the secretary, they were doing this the other day. What are you going to say then? You have to take steps and measures to protect your testimony. Next, put windows and glass doors in your office. Put windows and glass doors in your office. Make sure people at any point in time can walk by your office and see what is going on. It protects your purity. And this isn't just my recommendation. Pretty much none of these are just mine. Now, maybe the don't text ladies alone one is, but I'm sure there's somebody else who's got to recommend that as well. Um, But 
as far as putting windows and glass doors, that has been recommended for years in the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement um, by guys like Dr. Wally Beebe, um, who is a great second man. You've got a lot of different pastors who have written books and talk about the importance of putting uh, windows and uh, glass doors or doors with you know windows in them in your office to protect your purity so at any point in time people can see exactly what is going on. It's so vital. It's so important. Remember, your testimony is worth the effort to keep and to keep thyself pure. Next, always approach the husband first when dealing with an issue. You've got an issue you've got to handle, go to the head of the home. Now, sometimes I understand the husband, maybe he doesn't come to church, right? And so sometimes you have to work around that, but every single time you are capable of doing this, go, if you have an issue, go to the husband first, and then the wife after that, and handle the issues through the husband if you need to approach something about the family. Next, don't be a hugger, right? I mean, this is very simple. Don't be a hugger. Keep your hands off, people. That The better, right? I'm not saying you can't shake a lady's hand. There's nothing wrong with that, and you're going to have ladies who want to hug you. My wife wants to hug me. No, I'm talking about, you know, other ladies. There are going to be ladies who, you know, maybe that little old elderly lady in her walker, and she's going to come up to you, oh, preacher, that was so good today. Let me just give you a hug. And, um, you know, there's going to be people who hug you. Make a standard and say, you know what, a hugging's reserved for my wife. And you say, Brother Josh, that is kind of harsh. Is it worth your purity? Is it worth your purity? Don't be a hugger. That's in your best... That's for your, um, well, you know what I'm saying. Don't be a hugger. Next, steer clear of ladies, and this is along the same line, steer clear of ladies who don't keep their hands to themselves. If you've got a lady who every time she talks to you, she's got to hit you or touch you or uh, put her hand on your shoulder or, you know, give you a hug or whatever, you know, steer clear of that lady, you know. I'm not saying necessarily avoid her, you know, don't shake her hand, don't say hello, but, you know, let's try not to get into long conversations with this lady. You know, let's try and be careful. Be very careful of ladies who can't keep their hands to themselves. Next, listen to your wife when she warns you about someone. Have you ever been there before? And your wife says, hey, be careful of that lady. Be careful of that lady. If you've been in ministry for any length of time, you'll have a point in time where your wife will come to you and say, just be careful of that lady. Can I tell you this? I have never one single time had my wife, what do they call it, a lady's intuition? I've never had my wife be wrong. She's always been right. It's kind of scary, actually. And, uh, but you want to you wanna listen to your wife, not, on, not only because she's, she's smart, right? She knows how a, lady's, how a lady thinks. But number two, she's your wife, right? So if your wife says, hey, be careful of her, then you be careful, Right? That doesn't mean you be mean. I'm not saying don't be friendly. Right? Sometimes I think you, maybe I think that you think that I'm harsher than I actually am, and I'm not being. I want you to protect yourself and to keep yourself pure. That's what I want. And so it's important to listen to your wife and your wife's recommendations when she says, hey, be careful of this. Hey, I don't think this is a good idea. Hey, why don't we start doing this? Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife, and that'll help you to keep yourself pure. And here's the last one I'm going to give you, just very practical tips. The last one is 
grow your marriage and fall more in love with your wife every day. If you want to keep your purity, there is no better way to deter temptation than to be constantly growing more and more in love with your spouse every day. Because the more committed and the more devoted and the more you love that lady who sits across the dinner table from you, the more you love her, the less temptation is going to be able to have an effect on you. So grow your marriage. Purposely find ways to grow your marriage and to fall more in love with your wife every single day. It will deter the temptation. Because when you love her, remember you said, when you said I do to her, you said I don't to all the rest. And when you fall more and more and more in love with that lady who you said I do to, and your love grows from the day that you got married to the day now, and your love grows more and more for her, well, listen, friend, that means your commitment to I do and I don't to all of you is going to grow and be more solidified as well. You say, that's great. How do I grow my marriage? What are some things, practical things, I mean, easy things like I can take them home and do them today. What are some things I can do to grow my marriage? How can I fall more in love with my spouse every single day? I am so glad you asked because that is the very next episode. How to grow more in love with your spouse every day. How to grow your marriage. These are going to be very simple, easy things. I mean, literally, you listen to the episode, you can take them home and do them today. They're not philosophical. They're not, well, you know, here's the here's the philosophy behind marriage. No, it's none of that. Here's what it is. It's do this. Do this, and this will help to grow your marriage. Do this. This will help you to fall more in love with your spouse. Do this. Very practical, very easy thing. So you're going to want to listen to the very next episode, episode number 203, How to Grow Your Marriage. So my friend, keep yourself pure. As Paul said, keep thyself pure. Accusations will come, just make sure they're not true. And implement steps in your life to keep your ministry pure as a man. I hope today was a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions on any of the things we discussed today or maybe something that I personally do in my ministry to try and um, keep my purity, or maybe you have a recommendation for me. Maybe you say, hey, I've done this. I think this works really well. Send that to me, please. I beg you because if there's anything I can add into my life that I don't already have that can help to keep me pure, that's what I want. So please, if you have a recommendation, send it to me. I would love to hear from you. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Keep thyself pure. And until next time, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.